Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Are you a big book reader at all? Uh, not as much as I used to be, just for lack of time more than anything. But you know, I, I still like to pick up pick up a good book every now and then. Sure. What what were uh, what were some of your favorites? Um, I'm a big I'm a big biography kind of guy. Um, one of my favorites that I've ever read, coincidentally, is a baseball book. But uh, the Last Boy, uh, which is a biography about Mickey Mantle, it is phenomenal. I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, but then I'm also currently reading. I'm about I don't know, probably about a good quarter of the way through it now. I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Uh, so I'm a couple <laughs> years I'm a couple of years behind on that phenomenon. But I finally picked up a copy of it and I've decided to give it a go. So please, for the love of God, don't anybody spoil me on the ending of this book. <laughs> well, you're you're safe here. I haven't I haven't read that one. I, I actually like you. I don't read quite as much as as I used to, I know all growing up, like I was, I was obsessed with any book that Michael Crichton wrote. So like all oh, okay. of the Jurassic Park series and like, uh, like Airframe and Congo and all these other books that he wrote, he was just phenomenal. And I would, I would read anything that man wrote. Very nice. But, but at the moment I actually just opened up, uh, and started reading a, a book, uh, kind of a science novel, based around the concept of anti-gravity and let me tell you it is impossible to put down i wish you were illiterate Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Ah, uh, not too much, not too much. What what do you got to drink this evening? Uh, this evening, I am drinking a Duck Hook Blonde Ale from Southern Pines Brewing Company. Swig of beer for the working man. Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, I, on the other hand, have a uh, a Tropical Punch Body Armor. Body Armor, of course, ah. being a sports drink, just like the fine folks who bring you this show, Sports Drink Media, a podcast platform where you can find tons of fantastic content including that from our friends at uh, at the Platinum Sombrero, Doc and Dylan. And speaking of Doc and Dylan, you can find them every Thursday night live on Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is an audio-only sports talk platform. Think of it as a live podcast where you can actually get on and interact with the host while it's going on. A uh, really cool service they've got there. You can find it on the iOS store. Uh, and uh, download it. It's free to join, and you never know. You might hear me and Cam on there, too. Yeah. Say, uh, I have not tried Body Armor yet. Is it any good? It's it's my favorite sports drink out there. Yeah, I see. So, first off, I've noticed in gas stations, they have, like, 12 different flavors yes. of that stuff. Like, more than any, like, Gatorade or Powerade or anything like that. Yes. But then... I've also noticed that the youths are drinking it now, so good on you for trying to be young again. 
I will say, um, I was intrigued when they came out with a body armor plus caffeine drink, oh. uh, trying to get into the energy sports drink segment, I suppose. Interesting. Um, that stuff's terrible. Oh, that, really? It turned my stomach upside down. It was brutal. <laughs> I feel like energy sports drinks just don't work. Like, it, has has yeah. there been a good one? Not that I'm aware of. In fact, the uh, the the people from Monster Energy Drinks stopped by my store the other day to give us some samples of an energy sports drink that they've been working on. So we we thanked them and everything. They gave us a bunch of samples, and after they left, we tried them, and they were horrendous. Remember, remember <laughs> I <couldn't>, when <laughs> I couldn't take more than a sip of either flavor they gave us. Remember when every soda like tried to have an energy drink equivalent? Yes. Like when like when Mountain Dew was like, try Vault. It's a sports drink or it's a soda and energy drink. I will say that I was a fan of Surge back in the day. Surge. Surge was great. I don't I don't know if I ever had Surge. I don't know if I was allowed to have Surge, to be honest. <laughs> it was it probably was best that I never had Surge. Let, let's just be frank here. But yeah, Body Armor is awesome as a sports drink because it's got far more potassium than any other sports drink. So if you like for when I'm out there playing tennis, I always bring one so I don't okay. start cramping up in the middle of a match. Very nice. Very nice. Does it have does it have like that kind of Pedialyte similar aftertaste, like that kind of almost no. sa saline type taste? Yeah, no, it it doesn't have that at all. Have you tried – okay, so have you tried, like, the Gatorade equivalent to Pedialyte that they've come out with? I have not, no. I've only seen it, like, in a couple of stores, but I've actually tried one, and it it very much has that, like, salty kind of aftertaste that, you I, know, I had Pedialyte one, has. I had one recently called BioLite. Okay. And it's supposed to be they, – they market it as IV in a bottle. Huh. And so I'm like, okay, that sounds like it would work well as a sports drink. And I, I got it uh, for one of my tennis matches one day and took it out there and hadn't tried it until I was on the court. And um, it, it was thick. It was Ugh. salty. It was terrible. Goo. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's uh, it, I do not recommend it is, it is brutal. Well, I'm sure something like that for like quick hydration, they're definitely looking at function over taste, I'm sure. <laughs> right, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it does its job very well, but I, I was on the verge of throwing it up on the court. It was that bad. Oh, that would be no bueno. No, no. Well, hey, uh, speaking of, of throwing up, did you uh, did you throw up this morning? <laughs> When you when you woke up after you drank too much last night with Sam near, because that's why we're recording on Monday night. I blame Sam. It's, I... OK, it's... Let, let, let's let's back up to what? What was it? Thursday, Friday? Yes. He flew in. All yes. right. All right. T take us take us through the weekend with that San Diego lad. <laughs> so uh, so Sam flew in on Thursday, uh, drove down to the airport after work to pick him up Um. And uh, and yeah, we we went out, uh, hung out with our buddy Tyler Knight. We we went to Top Golf, but they were 
on about an hour and a half wait by the time we got there, uh, which was about an hour and a half before they closed. So we went up to uh, to. Now, why in the world would they tell you there's a wait? Why wouldn't they just say, oh, "Sorry, we're sold out for the night"? No idea. That's dumb. Yeah. So, okay. So we went up to uh, to Andretti's, which is uh, basically imagine uh, imagine Dave and Buster's, but include a multi-level go kart track. Ooh. Yes, so so we went out there and raced some go karts, and it was a lot of fun. Very nice. Uh, so yeah, Stan, Sam stayed at my house that night, and then went over to uh, uh, to his hotel for for the next couple of nights, and then uh, yesterday Sunday morning, uh, me, a buddy of mine, Michael, Sam, and um, and Jeff Donahue all went to play golf. Uh, so that was a, a ton of fun. I hadn't played golf in goodness, probably a year and a half. Jeff said nice. Jeff said he hadn't played in six years. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. So so uh, was, so so what what did you play? Did you did you play individual rounds, best ball teams? What, what how, how would you? Um, we played uh we played just straight up, but with the the snake game. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, remind me. I feel like I've heard it. So if you three putt, you get the snake and you okay. have to hold on to the snake until someone else three putts and then they get it. Okay. Whoever winds up with the snake at the end of the round has to buy a round for everybody. Oh, OK. Very fun. So I, I held the snake for a significant portion of, of yesterday, uh, oh, but did not wind up with it at the end, thankfully. That's good. <laughs> Who did? Um, who did wind up with it? I I think Jeff may have. Jeff, if you didn't, I I apologize, but it's escaping me who actually wound up with it. Well, he he can he can afford to buy you guys around, good lord. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that And it was a a physical rubber snake, which was hilarious. Um, who, wait, who who supplied the rubber snake? Sam brought it. Sam had it with him. <laughs> I didn't that is realize. that is a that is a man who plays way too much golf that he just carries a rubber snake with him. <laughs> I did not know like he had told me that we were going to play that game well ahead of time. I was uh, just not aware that the snake was going to be an actual physical object. That's funny. I I genuinely like this idea though. Oh, it's great. Um, I'm ha- I might have to implement that uh, when I finally play golf again one of these days. N- none of us were good enough to actually do like care about re- any real scoring. So, so yeah. a silly game like that it was kind of perfect for us. Well, <laughs> y- you know, we to... all shot in the low to mid one hundreds. Right. Well, and, and, and to, even if you're not that good, like part of the fun of golf is just getting outside and, you know, enjoying a few drinks and being in the great outdoors and spending, you know, four, four and a half hours, just having fun. Like that's, that's what it yeah, should I mean, be. Had a, had an absolute blast. Uh, we'll say though that uh, that the first three or four holes we were playing, uh, it was an absolute downpour. Ugh. Uh, which is hilarious when you have someone who came in from San Diego and has probably never seen rain in his entire life. <laughs> probably not. I've already made this joke on Twitter, but now I've got to make it on the show. Did Sam look like Andy Dufresne when he broke out of Shawshank when it started raining? <laughs> What is this? 
And I bet yeah. it got I bet it got humid after it stopped raining. Oh my god. It stopped raining and then the sun came out and it was we were just getting fried at the tail end of that round. It was I saw somebody post on Twitter and it was the most it was it was it was the most exactly correct thing I've ever seen saying in Georgia it'll rain and then the sun comes out to steam you like a bag of crab's legs. Fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that was incredibly accurate. And so then you uh, then you came home Sunday afternoon and uh, recorded the podcast with me last night. Uh, oh, wait. No, you yeah. didn't. We're recording tonight on Monday night. So, Alex, do tell why we're recording 24 hours late again. <laughs> again. For the fourth week in a row. Alex, why? Third. Is it the third? Yeah, third. Yes. Third. Okay, yeah, third week in a row. That's I will a... not be slandered in, the, in such a way. <laughs> um, so fine, yes. fine. Sam Sam had brought some uh, some high gravity brews with him uh, from San Diego uh, that we never really see out here. So he and I uh, enjoyed a couple of those, and uh, and I don't know about him, but they they caught up to me pretty well. Um, <laughs> and then when you told us that there there were storms rolling through your part of town, we uh, we used that as an excuse. To- to forego the uh, the proceedings of last night and push it to tonight. Honestly, I didn't hate the decision. Uh, you, yeah, you didn't resist at all. No, I, I didn't. believe your reaction was, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, that, those may have been my exact words, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank, thank God you were inebriated on this show. You were all about it. Hey, you brought it up first, though. That that's fair. Yeah. Every week is a standoff to see who will bring it up first. <laughs> we we get to Sunday and we never message each other until one of us is trying to flake out on recording that. <laughs> Maybe we just need to become a Tuesday show. Maybe. Yeah, Monday nights <laughs> seem to work pretty well. I don't know. Goodness gracious. Oh man! But yeah, look, actually, looked like you had a pretty fun week, and uh, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad to see that you have not moved out to a to a houseboat in coastal North Carolina. Uh, I came awful close. Came <laughs> awful close. Yeah, we uh, we uh, as mentioned on the show last week, uh, we spent a few days this past week uh, down at the coast, hanging out with some of my my wife's family. They have a place down there and actually come to find out they're actually moving down there full time. They're selling their house uh, here in the sand hills and moving down, moving down that way here in the next year or so. So uh, but yeah, good little time out on the island. It's, it's a nice, quiet little beach town, a uh, couple of good seafood joints, just a good relaxing vacation. Spend a couple of days on the beach. Can't complain. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. There's just there's something awesome about going swimming in ocean water. Uh, yes, it's great. And uh, the toddler loves the beach still. Awesome. Um, this is like her third or fourth time, like actually going down to the beach. And uh, I did not think we were going to be able to drag her away <laughs> one day. <laughs> like when when we started packing up as it got later into the afternoon, uh, she came very close to having a meltdown when she realized that we had to leave, and it <laughs> it almost became a scene. I'm I'm certain you were that way as well. Oh yeah, Lo- I have always loved the beach, <laughs> love it. So, well, you know, when you grow up where where I did, and 
you can be at the beach in two hours. You know, going to the beach wasn't just reserved for like, all right, we're going to circle a week on the calendar next summer. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, hey, we've got an open Saturday next weekend. Let's ride down to the Carolina beach for the day. Like, you yeah, know, like like for me, it takes probably a good six hours to really get to any good beach from from where I'm at. So it's it's quite an undertaking. And like you you have to budget pretty much a whole day for getting there, a whole day for getting back and, you know, significantly oh, yeah. less time there than if we were as close as you were. So oh, yeah. very, very jealous of, of your positioning. And, and and even like, even when my wife and I were, were in college or, you know, in our early years of dating, and uh, we actually just did it last summer for the first time uh, since, since having our daughter, uh, you know, we've taken off a random Friday and you get up early, you leave the house by, you know, 7, 7.30, you're at the beach by 10 o'clock, you spend the day out on the beach until, you know, 3 or 4, you pack up, and you head back, you hit a drive-thru on the way home, and you're home by 7, 8 o'clock at night. That's but you got perfect. But you got to spend the entire day at the beach. Yeah, nice. it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So, uh, it was crowded, though. Good Lord, it was crowded. Um which I guess, you know, right after the fourth, we're still in that kind of area where kids aren't going back to school yet. So exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 But it, it was it was fun. Uh, I got a random spot of sunburn on the top of my foot. And it is what kind of it is kind of the worst. Yeah, that sounds like a tough place to have a sunburn. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, putting on socks this morning to go to work was a task. <laughs> I will say that this whole week from last week when I was on the lake. Uh, when we were out on the boat, I was wearing a basketball jersey and I, I play a lot of tennis. And so like my 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 forearms are are typically fairly tan and don't get burnt so much. But yeah. my upper arms don't see a lot of sun. So right. from my shoulder to my elbow on both arms, I have been absolutely fried. Fine. And I am I am peeling off sheets today, son. Ugh. That's the worst. Yeah, it, like I, you know, I, I kept a, I kept a healthy dose of, of sunscreen on the whole time we were out out on the beach, you know. So, like chest, shoulders, neck, back, you know, I'm good to go. But I've got this like one random spot, like on the top of my foot, that I guess I just didn't get. That <laughs> sitting in my chair on the beach just happened to get sunburned, and it is kind of uncomfortable, especially like when you first step into the shower. It's like ah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, when that hot water hits a fresh sunburn, it's so brutal. Oh, gosh. Son, you get to know Jesus when that happens. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Well, we've uh, we've in the past week, we've had a, a decent amount of of Braves news go down. Yeah. Um. So so on Thursday, when I was at the airport picking Sam up, uh, opened up Twitter while I was waiting for him to to get off of the plane train. To see that the Braves had traded Bryce Ball for Jock Peterson, which is sick of this. No, I'm just kidding. So not a move I expected to see. <clears throat> not at all. But one I was very glad to have seen because uh, I, I'm you. You may or may not recall from our uh, season preview episodes that was a guy I really wanted to see in Atlanta to to start this season. Um, yeah, you we predicted were... him to be our designated hitter this year. <laughs> well, that prediction was wrong for many reasons. Um, but 
But yeah, uh, fits fits this lineup like a glove, I think. Um, unfortunate that we don't get to see an outfield that includes both him and Ronald Acuna Jr. And, and I mean, while he's obviously not going to be a replacement for Ronald, there's there is no replacement for Ronald. Um, he he fits really well and does add a little bit more pop to the lineup that we were we were going to be missing a lot. So that was pretty big. And then a couple days later, see the team DFA's Jonathan Lucroy and picks up Steven Vogt, uh, a catcher with some some postseason history, had some great runs with the uh, with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, doesn't have the best numbers right now, but you know uh, AA seems to be taking a stab at at improving the catching position, and gotta respect that. I think I also heard a stat. I got to listen to a little bit of the uh, the early stages of yesterday's game on the ride home. And I think I heard Joe Simpson mention that he has blocked like 97% of pitches in the dirt this season, which is like third best in the league. That's amazing. Yeah. So for like an older player, he's still a quality defensive catcher. It seems. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. We're we're kind of used to catchers that are are light hitting at this point, but but if you can at least give me one that's gonna that's gonna guard the plate and not allow a lot of pass balls, uh, I I think we can we can be somewhat happy with that. Yeah, for sure. So you know, as we've seen in the past, AA jumping out early as we approach the trade deadline, it's you and, know, and we, as we he talk- did last year. Uh, he's he so far he's addressing positions of need. I, I think I, I think all Braves fans can agree that the 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 glaring weakness right now is the bullpen. I I don't think there's any debating that. Um, but we had some other needs that that he's already filled, and we've got 11 more days until the trade deadline. So it's uh it's it's nice to see that we're getting out ahead of it at least in a couple of spots. Uh, but I I I mean. I don't think this is a hot take at all, but we we definitely need to add, add some bullpen arms somewhere along the line. Yeah, and, and as many have said, you know, it, luckily the most glaring issue is usually one of the easier ones to to fix. So, well, yeah, I mean, we, look at what he did. Look at what he did two seasons ago. Yeah. O- over the course of of 24 hours, we we managed to land Melanson, Martin, and Green. So yeah. so it's something that can be done and can be done very quickly. So, yeah. you know, when, I, when when did you say the trade deadline was? It is the 30th at 4 p.m. Interesting. What if what if podcasts had a had a trade deadline? Like what what if what if Braves podcast had a trade? Where where would one of us get traded? I think I will trade Cam to any podcast. Oh for cash considerations. Oh, that's it? <laughs> oh, screw maybe, you, man. I, I'm bringing some prospect capital, okay? Maybe a player to be named later. I don't want to oh, get greedy that. Oh, heck? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm one of those under-the-radar trades. What the heck? <laughs> anyway. You're the, you're, it, the, you're the Chris Martin of podcasts. Yeah. So the the vote trade is is interesting in that it leads me to wonder if we see Contreras back this season. 
you know, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if we don't. Uh, no, nor nor do I. Nor do I. I think it does beg the question if we will, and I, I'm wondering if that we don't, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it became fairly obvious that that once he got to the major league level, um, he, he he maybe wasn't ready. Uh, he was he was struggling with some past balls. His uh, his defense at home plate wasn't as good as we expected it to be. Uh, his bat wasn't quite ready yet either. So so, you know, uh, I'm definitely not giving up on the guy. I think he's going to be a star for us eventually. But um, he's just not ready yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. Question. Sir. I, and I know this is looking ahead. This is like off season discussion. You know, we still have, we'll still have a couple more months with the guy, but do we, do we re-sign Travis Darnold in the off season? Ooh, I don't know. Depends what he does at the tail end of the season, because, you know, we might be able to get him at a discount. And if that's, if that's the case, then, then yeah, by all means, sign him to another year or two deal. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's going to be tough for him to get the kind of money I'm sure he's going to want coming right. off of, of such a lengthy injury. Yeah. It, it does make me wonder, you know, and I would love to run with Darnold and Contreras next season. You know, um, I, I'm at the point with Alex Jackson where I'm thinking a trade might be in his future. Um, is anybody I, going to want him? I, I, there's still a lot of upside with him. I feel like, you know, because when we, when we traded for him, the talk was always that like, here's a guy who has, I, I remember the exact phrase when this is a guy who has light tower power that, and I don't know, something has just happened where he just he hasn't quite figured it out at the big league level. So I don't know. And then you still got Langoliers coming up in the pipeline. Um, so I don't yeah, know. I, I, think, I mean, do, I, but but I does Darno as... does Darno take a one year deal? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he he, t- he took a two year deal when he was arguably the the second best catcher on the market. Yeah. Behind Grandall. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he, he, the first year of that two year deal, he was very good, even though it was a shortened season, but now he's missing. Heck, he was Johnny bench in the postseason. That's true. That's true. But, but now you're coming off an injury where you're missing probably half the season. Oh, easily. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty difficult for him to, to make a case for, you know, a three or four year deal uh, when in a on a two year contract, he's going to wind up playing less than a full season. <clears throat> right. Do we do we try to resign Jock? Um, well, we've got an option for next year. Yeah, uh, there is a it's a ten million dollar option. And if we decline it, there's a two and a half million dollar buyout. Um, so so basically you're looking at at 7.5 to keep him for next year, uh, less the buyout. Um, I, 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 I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when you put it that way, yeah, uh, that's, that's just one position that you wouldn't have to go look for in the off season. Uh, so you can address your other needs. 
we obviously have the uh, the glaring hole in in left field from uh, from he who shall not be named. Right. Uh, so I, I mean, I I do, and and I don't think twice about it. Well, but also like I don't know, maybe you maybe you can keep Arcia in left field. Maybe Pache is ready for opening day in center field, and you got Peterson in right field. I see. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Ronald's going to be back. Uh, right. I, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if we can bank on him being ready for opening day, though. Like, I, I, I'm not sure he's ready to start the season next year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. He does strike me as the kind of guy that can that could recover ahead of schedule. I mean, he's still very young. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen what he's done, and we even have a hard time believing what we're seeing. So, right. so far be it for me to doubt this guy in any way. Hey, and hopefully we have the designated hitter for next year. So, you know who's a free agent? Who's that? You, you, you know who's a free agent? That who's who's well yes but who's coming (laughs) off let's not talk about that who's coming off a one-year deal after this season josh uh, no he's on who nelson cruz oh my god (laughs) in his in his year 44 season or whatever it's gonna be he'll he'll be 42 (laughs) i Cam Matthews will go on record right now. Mark this date down. It is July 19th, 2021. I am jumping on the Nelson Cruz one-year deal campaign for 2022. I, you know, if, if we have the DH, I wouldn't even be mad about it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> He's on a one-year $13 million deal right now with the Twins. We could, we could do worse. Um... You give but, him one year, 11 mil, and you call it a day. But, you know, you told me not to talk about it, um, so I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> obviously, the number one priority needs to be re-signing Freddie Freeman. Correct. Because without Freddie Freeman, all of a sudden, this team is going to be lost. Yes. And and you don't just replace a guy like that in free agency. It's, it's just not that easy. No. So... Uh, I, I mean, give give the man what he wants for the love of God. Just pay it to him. Um, we can't we can't afford to lose Freddie Freeman. That that has to be the number one priority. And then you know whatever money we have left to spend after that, great. But that's that's the best money you can spend. Yeah, letting him leave would be catastrophic for that yes. front office. I mean, and not just from a performance on the field standpoint, but from a PR standpoint, oh, catastrophic. God. That's, that would be a tough sell to the fan base. If you let him go. Like I am convinced that season ticket sales would plummet. Yep. Uh, you know, just cause uh, yeah. Yeah. No bueno. And they, and they know that like, you know, this is, they know that. So Cam, let me, let me ask you a, a question. That's going to be a little bit touchy for, for some Braves fans. Okay. 
What you got? All right. So look into your crystal ball ahead yes. to August 1st of 2021, the day after the trade deadline. Okay. Is yes, Dan- Brady Freeman is still a Brave. Is Dansby Swanson the starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves? I I say yes, and here's why. So the couple of moves that we've made already, so Vote and Peterson, have been, they feel like moves to improve the team, yes. But say what you want about Dansby and his underperformance. <clears throat> I think moving Dansby to replace with a, higher level shortstop feels like a bigger move than maybe we would take on at a trade deadline. I'm not sure it's a move that it gets made. I see a lot of people bringing up the name Trevor story. <clears throat> yeah, but he'd be a rental though, right? Would he? Yeah. He's on the last year of his deal with Colorado. I thought, I thought he becomes a free agent after this season. Quite possibly. Let's see here. Yep, he is an unrestricted free agent next season. Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, who else is we, out there though? Yeah, th- yeah, that's my that's my point. I don't know. I I'm not so sure unless well, I don't know. Unless you trade for another outfield bat and you move Arstia to the shortstop. Hmm. I I don't know. I don't think that's the move. I think at this point you consider adding another bat if possible, maybe another bench bat. Yeah, but I think that the, has the, to be the lower priority. Uh, the the bullpen. <laughs> the bullpen. The bullpen. Bullpen has to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly okay with rolling with the lineup that we have for the rest of the season. You know, adding Darno back uh, as long as we beef up the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Darno coming back. We we've got Enoa coming back, which is going to be tremendous. Adding that our... bat to the lineup is going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's good. <laughs> he he's good for an RBI or two every game. So you know. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, these are not the the Braves of 2019 and 2020, where there's there's just magic in their bats in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning every single game. Um, they can still score runs. Uh, <laughs> this year, it's in the fourth inning. <laughs> this, this year, I mean, they can still score runs, and and they're they're doing for the most part what they need to, but you know, they're not doing it late like they had in the last couple of seasons. And and that's a real problem when your bullpen can't can't hold the lead. Yeah. So, I yeah I, I think I think the bullpen is the biggest concern moving forward. And I don't I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a a real big move. Like it's going to be kind of one of those under the radar. Am I you know it might be a cut two or three moves like it was a couple of years ago that on the surface other than other than maybe Shane Green, like Shane Green seemed to be the one that really popped everybody, you yeah. know, uh, like Chris Martin was kind of like, a, oh, OK, yeah, he, he's a quality guy. Like, OK, cool. You know, Mark Melanson was one that was like, oh, OK, like I know that name. He's had a st- solid career. Cool. 
But like Shane Green was the one where everybody was like, oh my God, we got Shane Green. Yep. I I think it'll be a couple of Chris Martin, Mark Melanson type moves. I give up on Campbell. It's no, not happening. No. It's no. not happening. It's not happening. Do Alex, it. Alex. Shut up, Cam. Shut up. You, sh- you shut your mouth. <clears throat> Sign Campbell. I would love to. It's not happening. Man, I just want to hear Welcome to the Jungle one more time. But Alex, we have a closer. Break out my old jersey. We have a closer. No, we don't. We're, we're, pay, we're paying a guy closer money. We are. But he ain't <laughs> no closer. <laughs> we're paying him closer money, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Make it stop. I miss our bullpen from last year. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And, and I don't. To be quite frank, I have not been as in tune this year as in years past just with how busy I am. So I don't know any names to throw out there that's like, hey, we should go after this guy. But there, I mean, there, there's Rodriguez from uh, from Pittsburgh, uh, who we watched absolutely decimate us in the series here in Atlanta. Uh, he would be a fantastic addition. Uh, yeah, he's just, but just he's probably like fastballs. But he's probably like top three bullpen arms that we could see go at this deadline right yeah oh easy easy yeah like he's in that echelon with with Kimbrel at this point of like once Kimbrel goes he's going to be one of the next couple of guys to go that like I mean, the, team, at this teams point, are going to say well to drop Kimbrel yeah I, I they're, think. they're not they're not going anywhere the team's starting to fall apart they have to shed salary uh, and they have to they have to bring in prospects, and the best way to do that is by moving guys like Kimbrel and Bryant, both of whom would look great in a Braves uniform. <clears throat> Future New York Met Chris Bryant. Oh God, it's happening. Oh, please no. It's happening, Alex. I'm telling you. What about future New York Met Craig Kimbrel? That might happen too. Oh my God. That would be that would be the the worst heel turn of all time. <laughs> you either die a hero, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, Alex. Goodness gracious. Well, anyway, that's enough speculation for now. What do you say we look back at some uh, cool moments from this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right. We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is July 19th through the 25th. Our first fact comes to us from July 19th, 1911. Former circus acrobat Walter Carlisle completes an unassisted triple play for Vernon, Louisiana of the Pacific Coast League when he catches a ball in shallow center field, flips and touches second base, and beats the runner back to first base. (laughs) So, arguably the greatest play in the history of baseball. That's amazing. We had an acrobat as an outfielder. And now we've got a clown as commissioner. Ah! Hey, 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 how you doing? All right. (laughs) That was highly offensive. I should never do that again. Our next fact. What? Cameron Dice Clay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Little Miss Muffet sat on the tough. Okay. 
Our next fact comes to us from July 21st, 2021. After the All-Star break, as part of the scheduled, quote, grand reopening of the ballpark, the Nationals staged the first live President's Race at RFK Stadium, with George Washington taking first place in the inaugural competition among the chief executives. Although mascots Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln chalk up wins in the next two days, Teddy Roosevelt will not thus beginning his infamous streak over more than 500 attempts before finally crossing the finish line first on the final day of the 2012 season. That was, that was such a popular bit they were doing there. It was like, I I don't think I ever remember an in-game promo except for maybe the, the eight mascot, the Phoenix suns had in the nineties being as, as universally popular as that was. Yeah, it's it was so it was still during a time like when Sports Center was still watchable and almost every day you would turn on Sports Center and they would literally feature the president's race from the night before. Oh yeah. And they had just this ongoing story for several seasons where Teddy could not win and they would come up with very creative ways for him to lose every night. It was it was good stuff. So where where does the president's race rank among in-game races slash entertainment across the league? Oh, it's it's up there. Um, I mean, is it better better or worse than the sausage race in Milwaukee? I'm, I mean, I'm partial to the sausage race, but it the rate. I'm going to say something potentially controversial. The race, the the racing promo is is a little bit played out at this point to me yeah like yeah. i just I, I everyone does it in some form or fashion and i just can't get into it like i used to i could see that i could see that we're now we're waiting for the next unique in-game uh competition right. and like like beat the freeze got got really popular nationwide a couple of seasons ago and and we just we need to figure out the next one I don't know. Gwinnett's beat the fridge is honestly hilarious. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm uh, August seventh. It I'm gets me every to, time. August seventh, I'm going to my first Stripers game, and I cannot wait. I'm almost more excited for beat the fridge than I am the Stripers <laughs> game. Every time I see a clip from that, it legitimately cracks me up. It is hilarious. Oh, he's so good too. He's fast. He's so fast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Our next fact comes to us from July 23rd, 1941. So 80 years ago this week, White Sox manager Jimmy Dykes becomes the first to employ the defensive alignment against Red Sox out against Red Sox outfielder Ted Williams, who foils the plan when he goes two for five, including a double in Boston's 10 to four loss to the pale hose in Fenway Park. The Chicago skipper will abandon the strategy when the kid collects four hits and 10 at bats in the two game series. So how about that? 80 years ago, the uh, first recognized use of the shift. I, I I just can't get past the fact that uh, the white Sox were at one point called the pale hose. I got homes in every area, area, <laughs> fun fact not a, a song few years, i ever thought i'd hear you sing on this show fun fact a few years ago i went to a durham bulls game at one point 
they had a guy on their team whose last name was Hose, H-O-S-E. And that was his walk-up song. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And it was tremendous. I laughed every time he came up to play. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Nate Dogg. Oh, wait, is Nate Dogg dead? Yeah. Since when? I want to say, like, maybe a year, year and a half ago. No. Holy cow, Nate Dogg died in 2011. Was no way it was that long ago. March 15th, 2011. He died over 10 years ago. I feel like I heard about that last year. I don't know why. Dude, Bismarck, he died. He did. That sucks, man. That does stink. Like, of course, everybody knows him for just a friend. Right. But, like, talk about a dude who was a music industry lifer. Like, was involved in so much behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, all you had to do was was look at all of the the tributes and comments that came out after he passed away. Like, everybody in music was was grateful for his work. Yeah, yeah, that, that stinks. Saw that the other day. That, that sucks. Okay, our final fact comes to us from July 25th, 1956. Roberto Clemente becomes the first player to hit an inside-the-park walk-off grand slam when he connects off of Cubs right-hander Jim Brosnan, giving the Pirates a dramatic 9-8 victory. Last season, the Pittsburgh right fielder's first-ever career round-tripper, which will be the first of nine inside-the-park home runs he hits during his 18 years with the Bucks, accomplishing the feat seven times at spacious Forbes Field. Okay, so Forbes Field makes it make a little bit more sense. But yes, an inside the park Grand Slam is just insane. Oh boy, was getting it around the bases. All right. Yes. Also, what was what's crazy is nine inside the park career home runs. That's wild. That's not the record. It's not even close to the record, actually. It's the record. Uh, let's see. Most inside the park home runs is Ty Cobb with 46. Good Lord. Well, keep in mind that. That's before people knew how to throw baseballs. Yeah, it, it was it was a much different era. And in the inside the park home run was a more was more common than a normal home run that we're used to. Right. But 46. And and just briefly, briefly, let me mention that the deepest corner of Forbes Field was 462 feet from home plate. That was a big old yard. That is a that is out there, son. Yes. Oh, man. Well, I bet I bet folks were uh, that inside the park walk off Grand Slam had folks talking. It's a shame that they didn't have Spotify Green Room back then to talk about that as well. Spotify Green Room, of course, is an app that you can download on both Apple and Android devices. Think of it as an interactive podcast where you can hang out with sports fans and just pop culture fans alike talking about the topics that you like. 
So uh, be sure to check out Spotify Green Room. Alex and I may jump on every once in a while to talk about the Braves or whatever else we feel like discussing. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Spotify Green Room available on the App Store and on Android devices. Well, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right. We will be right back to take a look at this past week for the Braves and take a look at the week ahead with a little help from a friend. All right. The Braves are back from the all-star break and within striking distance of the Mets for first place in the NL East. As we talked about earlier, they've made a couple of exciting moves that uh, that that are giving some of us Braves fans hope. And they took the field this past Friday against the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, game started out good enough. The Braves had a uh, had a five to three lead uh, in about the middle of the game. But uh, unfortunately, as we discussed as a glaring need for the Braves earlier in the show, the bullpen could not hold it. Uh, at A.J. Minter, follow Charlie Morton, give up a run. Had Chris Martin, of all people, give up a, uh, a couple there as well. Uh, and that was just too much for the Braves to overcome. They lose in 10 innings, 7-6. to six. Uh, the, the, the woes of extra inning games in 2021 continue for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, not great. Not good, man. Um, did get a uh, did get a home run from Austin Riley, a monster 422 foot shot. Uh, Dansby Swanson, who suddenly seems to be hitting the ball pretty well, also homered. Uh, and Freddie Freeman tacked on another one as well. So uh, the bats are awake. The the bats are awake and doing their thing. Uh, and they proved that even further in the Saturday game against the Braves with the or against the Rays with the Braves winning nine to nothing. Uh, a huge game from them. Max Freed with an absolute gem goes seven innings, allowing only four hits, no earned runs, only walked one and struck out seven. Uh, Irvin Santana and Tyler Maxick came in to close the job. Uh, and we got our very first home run out of uh, the Braves' latest acquisition, Jock Peterson. Uh, also got another one from Freddie making it two games in a row. So uh, just an all-around great performance. And uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention Max Freed going three for three with two RBI at the plate. Is he the National League Shohei Otani? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> three, for, three for three at the plate. That's just ridiculous. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. I, I want. I'm sure I could look this up, and and perhaps I will before the next episode. But I'd I'd be interested to see if any team has all around better hitting from their pitching staff than the Braves. I mean, uh, we've seen Charlie Morton get a few knocks this year. Uh, Max Fried has obviously been a a very good hitter for the Braves. Uh, we had that run from Inoa early in the season where he was just hitting balls out of the park left and right. Um, I, I feel like the Braves probably have some of the best hitting pitchers in the league. Yeah, I would say so. All right, so we go from there into the Sunday game to wrap it up against the Rays. Uh, again, the Braves offense stays hot, putting up five runs, but once again could not hold a lead, allowing to the Rays in the seventh inning, giving the Rays a seven to five victory. Uh, AJ Minter once again came in and struggled, allowed a couple of earned runs, 
Uh, Luke Jackson, unfortunately, comes in and does the same, allowed to, the same two earned runs that Minter did. And uh, and that was that was really the the end of it. Uh, Peterson stayed hot, had a double tonight uh, on this night. And uh, and new acquisition Stephen Vogt came in uh, with a three for three night and an RBI. So plenty to be encouraged about in this series. I mean, the offense put up 20 runs in three games. Unfortunately, we could only win one of those uh, because of our bullpen. Um, but, you know, could be worse. The Rays were a uh, are a very good team, uh, significantly above 500, which is something obviously the Braves have not been all year. Yeah, so th- this entire series was just a microcosm of the Braves season where it's, hey, look, we scored runs. Hey, look, we blew this team out. Hey, look, the bullpen blew it, and we should have won this game but didn't. Yeah. I yep. That's, but, we've told this story many times already this year, I feel like. Yeah, but like we talked – like we said earlier in, in the show, you know, the bullpen is the glaring issue to fix and fortunately can be fixed within the next couple of weeks. So let's do it. Absolutely. Well, the road does not get easier from here uh, with the the red hot San Diego Padres visiting town. And Cam, I, I don't think you or I are are quite educated enough on the San Diego Padres to, to properly review this series. Uh, so we are going to be right back with an expert to discuss the upcoming San Diego Padres series. All right. So I was not terribly confident in Cam's abilities to properly preview the Braves Padres series coming up. So I brought in an expert. I have here on the line, Mr. Sam Nair, our friend from San Diego, who's out in Atlanta for this series to give us a, a little idea of what we can expect out of the Padres coming up. So uh, we know you're listening to this on Tuesday morning at the earliest. So we are still going to talk about the Monday game as though uh, it hasn't happened yet, because when we're recording this, it hasn't. And it kind of looks like rain tonight. So we don't know if we're going to see this game anyway. So for the first game of the series, we're looking at Kyle Muller up against you Darvish for the second game on Tuesday, We've got Tuki Toussaint going for the Braves and an open slot for the Padres. On Wednesday, we've got Charlie Morton taking the mound against uh, against Paddock, uh, who's been a little bit up and down. So uh, got a chance. Nice way of putting it. (laughs) Got a chance to take a take at least one game from this series. Uh, But Sam, what what do you think we as Braves fans should expect out of the San Diego Padres for this three game set? Yeah, so. Finally, it's kind of looking like our offense is clicking for the first time this year. So something that gives me some confidence, but pitching could be all over the place. Obviously, Monday having you Darvish gives me the most confidence, but could be looking at a bullpen game Tuesday and Paddock. Never know what you're going to get out of him. So have, have you all done many bullpen games this year? Uh, too many. <laughs> uh, how how have those typically gone for you? Who Who do you typically have out of the bullpen taking the ball first? Yeah, so most recently we've been having Miguel Diaz. We've been calling him up and down from AAA. Sometimes we'll have Craig Stammen start, which is makes for a good bit. Uh, but then may bring up Slamarena again. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we we if I'm not mistaken, that was the uh, that was the guy who hit the uh, hit the grand slam off Scherzer in his first major <laughs> league at bat. 
one of the best moments in baseball this year. Yep, uh, just how we all wrote it up. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, <laughs> everyone expected it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what what is your confidence level coming off of uh, a, a really tough loss to the Nationals yesterday? Yeah, it's tough because the whole series made me feel good. Friday obviously broke the record with 24 runs or franchise record. Came in the next day, came with a hot start and then kind of had the delay. But then next day kept it going. And Sunday's game, it's tough to say because offense still looked great. But blowing leads like this, not something you want to go into a new series doing. Sure, sure. So so Darvish is is obviously solid. Um, there's, yeah, of course, there's there's. Rob, is it safe to say he's been your best pitcher this year? Without a doubt, yes. Okay. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, either tonight on Monday when uh, when we have Kyle Muller up against you, Darvish, or if it gets rained out, uh, presumably later in the series for a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, I, I think the whole game really hinges on which version of, of Kyle Muller we get He's been very solid in a starting role this season, but, you know, as a lot of young pitchers do who, who have the capability of throwing 100 miles an hour, struggles with control at times. Mm. So, so I, I think my – the way I see it is for this first game, if Kyle Muller walks three batters or less, I think the Braves have a very good chance to win it. If we give you guys too many free passes, though, with you, Darvish, in, on the mound, I don't know if we're going to have a shot at it. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, then uh, then Tuki Toussaint is also kind of the great unknown for us for the Tuesday game. Uh, this will be his first start of the season after going on the 60-day IL early in spring training. Really, we didn't have a lot of information uh, about what the issue with Tuki was. Uh, and I think a lot of Braves fans speculated that the that that it was really more of a, a roster move to to clear 40 man space to get some other guys up to Toussaint is also uh, going to be a big question mark for us. We've we've seen really, really good Tukey before. And, and when he's got that fastball and that that hammer curve working, uh, it's really tough to hit this guy. But, um, you know, it, it's hard to know what to expect out of him. He, he could go in there and hang curveballs all night. And Lord, if that happens, you guys are going to be putting a lot into the seats on Tuesday. Yeah. With Padres luck though, I think that he's going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we certainly hope so. Cause, uh, with the rotation you've got out there, um, you know, getting, getting an opportunity to face y'all in a bullpen game. Uh, is something you really have to capitalize on. Exactly. I yeah. definitely need a lot of innings out of Darvish or else that's been our big problem is starters are just taxing the bullpen. I have confidence in the bullpen, but if we're getting them tired. It just doesn't mean good things for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Wednesday, what, <laughs> who is Chris Paddock? T- talk to me. That's about- a great question. Yeah, so 2019, his rookie year, came up, had a few bad games, but overall just looked dominant out there, looked like the future was bright. Last year, kind of every other game, he would have an all right game, but still just never quite looked himself. This year, he kind of dropped the whole sheriff bit after a few bad starts, so kind of felt like he was turning the corner, had a good few starts, but the last two have just been an absolute disaster, but 
Scoring 24 runs, bailed him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that helps. Um, Braves have been an, an odd bunch uh, lately. They'll, they'll either score no runs or all of the runs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <and that laughs> got to see of, that version on Saturday. Yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah, you got to go to the Tampa Bay game that we won 9 to nothing. I'm 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 hoping you see another Braves performance like that since you're going all uh, three of the games this week. Um, I think one was enough. And I'm I'm eyeballing that Wednesday game that you and I are going to uh, as an opportunity to take my 9 and 0 record with the Braves up to double digits for the first time this year. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first, guys. Sam has supreme confidence that Paddock can put the Padres in position to win on Wednesday. Yes. Bookmark it. I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, well, it's been great to have you here in Atlanta. Uh, we're going to have course, a blast at this fun. game on Wednesday. And uh, really appreciate you coming on the show to uh, to preview this series with us. Of course. Appreciate everything so far out here. All right. Well, um, now that we have uh, we have tapered our expectations for the uh, for the Padres series, uh, let's bring back Cam real quick and uh, and take a look at the Phillies series going into the weekend. Boy, that Sam Near sure is. Uh, he is a Padres fan, I tell you. <laughs> uh, well, I should. I should mention one thing that that Sam and I did not know when we were recording that preview is that the Monday night game didn't happen. Uh, Weather rolled in and unfortunately caused the game to be postponed and moved back to a uh, a double header on Wednesday. So uh, I will actually, with Sam, be attending my first double header ever. Cool. Except they're going to be seven inning games, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, not in Rob Manfred's America. But Thursday, we fly up to Philadelphia with a four-game set against the team that we are chasing. Got to catch the Phillies if you're going to catch the Mets. So it's a big series for us up there in Philly. Uh, First game is going to be Max Fried taking the hill against Zach Eflin. Second game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. We've got Drew Smiley taking on Vince Velasquez. The Saturday game is a kind of an odd 6.05 start time with Kyle Muller on the mound against Zach Wheeler. And the series wraps up with the 105 start on Sunday, featuring Tuki Toussaint taking the mound against Aaron Nola. Honestly, I, I have to hope for at least a split here. If, if we're going to have a realistic shot at one, catching the Mets, and two, giving Anthopolis a reason to go out and keep being aggressive on the market before the trade deadline. Yeah. So we, you know, we talk about moves to make within the next 11 days, but that's also with the caveat of not falling further behind in the next 11 days either, because if by, you know, the 28th, 29th, if we're like, I don't know, let's say 10 games back, because we just hit a skid. I don't know if there's ample time to really make up any ground. You know what I, I mean? I, I agree. And and to to compound that issue, we've got four games in Philadelphia, followed by <clears throat> five games at City Field against the Mets. Ooh boy, that takes us through July 29th. So 
there will be one day of activity uh, following that that Met series where we have seven straight games against the two teams in front of us. Or sorry, not seven, nine straight games against the two teams in front of us. Um, guys, this might be our whole season here coming up in the next two weeks. Yeah, and if if he makes it off the I.L., five games against the Mets guarantees that we'll see DeGrom. If he makes it off the I.L., which he just went on. What the hell did you just DM me, Cam? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're, we're recording a podcast right now. That's not important. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. I want to thank Sam Nair for coming on and giving us his preview of the Padres series. Uh, we'll see you all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.